Lovely to see you all this morning. I thought we would start and have a wee bit of crack just to start with. Um, I don't know if any of you have played Wordle this morning. Um, uh, at, at one stage, uh, I would wake up every morning and I would have a wee game of Wordle. Then I would play this other game called Worldle, which was the outline of countries, and you had to guess what country it is. I absolutely loved it. Check it out. Absolutely fabulous. And then I'd have a wee game of Hurdle, which is you hear a wee snippet of a tune, and you try and guess it. Now, I scored really well um, on Hurdle in the early days, and I was like, I am really good at this. And then just, I, I don't know if you're like me when you hear a tune, you're like, I know it, I know it, I know it. I don't remember it. I don't remember it. You kind of recognize it, but you can't quite put it. So I thought we'd have a wee game of Hurdle today. Now, I'll just say from the start, there's no prizes. There's just that little smug, little sense in your heart that you're like, I knew that tune. I knew that tune. Um, so I have a little tune here, and I'm going to give us a few wee snippets, and uh, let's see how we get on. So, um, Jamie, can you give us the first 10 seconds, please? Okay, now some of you are like, that was too easy. I know what that is. Others, you're like... Nearly there, nearly there. Okay, Jimmy, give us a wee bit more. Okay, no, I, I'm not, I'm not going to, like, just a wee, I'm not going to ask you, but anybody think, I have nailed this. I know what this chin is. Yes, 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 yes. Very good, very good. Okay, right, I'm going to give you a good, good long intro now, and I think you might recognise that. Let's go. <laughs> we, we shoulder shrug while in your seat's totally fine. You know, you can't help yourself. We tap on the toes. Queen David Bowie combo. It is the iconic tune, Under Pressure. I mean, that was the title I was given for today's sermon, and I just thought that is too good an excuse not to play a little bit of um, Bowie and Queen. It is a cracker tune. It is a cracker tune. And it has some lyrics I think we can all resonate with, because I think it's safe to say that we have all had moments, seasons when we have been under pressure from getting that assignment um, in for the deadline to finishing a job in time, illness, work stress, or just relationship breakdown. Bowie sings, pressure pushing down on me, pressure on you, no man ask for, under pressure that brings a building down, splits a family in two, puts people on the streets, chipping around, kicking my brains around the floor. There are the days it never rains, but it pours. How many times have you felt like that? 
where it never rains, but it pours. And you're looking around thinking, seriously? Seriously? And you know, I don't think it's just the moments of pressure um, that necessarily scar or wound us. I think it's when it feels it's ongoing and it's relentless. That illness that doesn't lift, that workload that does not ease, when you simply feel like you are getting it on all sides, home, work, family, friends. And maybe the hardest of all is watching someone you care for go through the mill. As the song says, it's a terror of knowing what this world is about, watching some good friends screaming, let me out. It is hard watching others go through tough times. Pressure pushing down on me, pressure down on you, no man asks for. We've all had it, moments, seasons where we've been under pressure. Perhaps you're even under pressure right now. And so that's the theme that I've been given for this morning on our series of, on prayer. My title is Under Pressure. And so as I've been thinking about that, I've been thinking about some of the things that make me feel under pressure. And it got me thinking about how do I respond to pressure? How do I respond to pressure? What difference does my faith make? What difference does my relationship with Jesus make? What role does prayer take in, in this, if any? Because pressure will always reappear, won't it? And I don't mean that in some glass half-empty kind of way, but it does. comes in unexpected places. It will come without warning. It will be short-lived, and then other times it will feel like it is never leaving. And so as we explore this under the uniting topic of prayer, I thought this morning I'd be a little more personal. And maybe that's what any good conversation on prayer does. It opens up your own story. It's too easy sometimes to hide behind platitudes or holy quotes. And it seems to me this series on prayer opens up a conversation on what is our, my, your experience of God. So I hope this morning as I, that I might spark questions, pertinent questions for you about how you see God what your testimony of him is, and what might provoke you in your own practice and experience of prayer. Two weeks ago, I got COVID. After two and a half years, it eventually hit. It's funny, I don't know how many PCR or lateral flows I have taken over the last two and a half years. The number of times I've worried about that lone cough, could it be something, or I might have it now, or do I? And when I tested that morning, I knew. And when the second wee line appeared, I was like, yeah. To be fair, my symptoms were really mild, um, but they stopped me. I slept, I tried to sleep, I got a temperature, I was achy. And as I started to begin to see some improvement in this, I thought to myself, how did I handle that? And I found myself asking, what difference did God, did knowing God make? I found myself asking, did I share that with God? Did I simply share with God how I felt, how I was doing? What role did I give to God during that time? I'm not sure there are any clear right or wrong answers to this question, but it made me think, did I ask to get better? Did I wait till I was feeling better and then engage with God? Did life just get put on hold, including my relationship with God? Now, these are really personal, introspective questions, but it made me wonder, 
do we handle pressure in two ways with God? Get me out or wait till it's all over and then reflect on it with him. Do you do that? And if I'm honest, I don't think either of those are enough. I want more. I know in my heart that God is not some slot machine for solutions or some holy therapist to analyze with. There's more. I know that. But how do I invite him in more? How do I more fully share my life with him? And as I was thinking about this, I was reminded of a story. And I think I first heard it on um, the world's best TV program uh, called West Wing. Now, it's totally, if you watch it now, it can seem really dated. But at one stage, it was amazing. Anyway, in an episode of the West Wing, Leo was one of the characters, two of the characters talking to each other. And Leo tells Josh this story. He says, this guy's walking down the street when he falls in a hole. The walls are so steep, he can't get out. A doctor passes by and the guy shouts up, hey you, can you help me get out of the hole? The doctor writes a prescription, throws it down the hole and moves on. Then a priest comes along and the guy shouts up, father, I'm down in this hole, can you get me out? The father writes out a prayer, throws it down the hole and moves on. Then a friend walks by, hey Joe, it's me, can you help me out? And the friend jumps in the hole. Our guy says, are you stupid? Now we're both down here. The friend says, yeah, but I've been down here before and I know the way out. For me, the richness of that story is not actually that the friend knows the way out. It's that I am no longer alone. Do we realize that we are no longer alone? Do we let God jump in with us? When you are under pressure, how do you respond with God? Where is God when you are under pressure? From the get-go, when we launched this series on prayer, I said I felt it was a series about getting to know God more. Um, That was my hope for this series. It's a series not about techniques, though I did hope it would be practical. It's about relationship. Prayer isn't something you do. It's someone we share life with. In the opening forward to Pete Gregg's first book, Redmond Rising, which documents his own journey with prayer, Floyd McClung writes the foreword and he says, Floyd says, prayer is not something to do, but someone to talk to. It stirs faith in us to believe that when we talk to God, he responds. Prayer is not something to do, but someone to talk to. It stirs faith in us to believe that when we talk to God, he responds. And I might add, it stirs faith in us to believe that God is present with us. The picture that I have in my head is of my King, my Saviour, with me, with me, with you in your pressure. And as I ponder on the impact of presence, its significance is profound. Listen to these words from Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. 
It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. But the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Now I've only just read a snippet of this psalm. It's a psalm of thanksgiving. It's a celebration of God's deliverance. But what struck me afresh was how the psalmist noted God's presence. Verse 5. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord. Verse 6. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. Verse 7. The Lord is with me. He is my helper. Verse 8. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust humans. Verse 14, the Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Is this your experience? Now, maybe you're thinking, Helen, that's all very well. But when I'm under pressure, I'd rather the pressure was end, would end. I don't want to wallow in it. I don't need to stay any longer in Pressureville than I need to. And I definitely don't want company. And that's a fair point. That's fair enough. But I can't help think there is something deeply, deeply valuable about presence. I don't think we were born to live alone. I think there is something within us as humans that pulls us towards others. And as significant and vital as that pull towards others is, I wonder does it flow from a pull within us to the divine and the divine to us? When you are under pressure, where is God? As I've been thinking about this, I've been wondering about, do we have examples of people of faith? People who turned to God, who invited him in when they faced pressure, um, who, who were aware of God's presence. And so alongside this psalm, I want to look briefly at two men in the Old Testament that seem to give testimony to this. This integrated relationship with God that doesn't push God away when under pressure, that doesn't pretend it's all okay, But when under pressure, these men seem to move towards God. One of the greats when it comes to prayer is Daniel. I wonder, do any of you have memories of singing that kid's song, Daniel was a man of prayer, daily he would three times. And perhaps as an adult, we hold on to this as an example that just feels unattainable. Rather than just looking at this man and simply saying he was a man who sought after God. That's it. He sought after God. He wasn't a man of prayer. He was a man of God. We read in Daniel 6.10. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, and this was a decree that was banning prayer for 30 days, uh, Daniel went home to his upstairs window, uh, upstairs room, where where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to the Lord, just as he had done before. Daniel sought God. When he was under pressure, he sought God. He got down on his knees and prayed. When it seemed his life was at risk, what did he do? He prayed. Forget about your holy Joe ideas that you have of Daniel. Just notice this. When under pressure, his gut reaction was to seek God. 
Well, under pressure, his gut reaction was to seek God. Skip with me to a very different scene. There is no thanksgiving in this scene, but there is prayer. We pick up in 1 Kings 19, an incident in Elijah's life. We read, Elijah was afraid, ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. Both of these situations make my hassles, my dalliance with COVID, pale into insignificance. But what they do show me is these two men, when under pressure, turned to God. They prayed. Daniel's prayer seems more resolute, more confident, windows open, praying with thanksgiving. Elijah's is a cry of a man in deep despair. He is hiding away. He has had enough. But in both these situations, I see God jump in the hole. I see God be present. I see God keep company with Daniel, keep company with Elijah. I see presence. God is present. It is easy to skip to the good parts, skip on to the rescuing and the restoring, but I think we just need to hold on to the presence. When we are under pressure, do we know that God is near? Do we know the presence that we can evoke with a simple act of prayer? Do we know that regardless of the context, we do not need to be alone? Do we know that God wants to share? We use this term prayer, this ordinary everyday word to capture the mystery of both God himself and how we are able to engage with him. It is ordinary, but it is deeply, deeply beautiful. And so this morning, I guess I want to remind myself, remind you that I am not alone. You are not alone. When you're under pressure, whatever caused it, whether it is over in a flash or it's outstaying, it's welcome, I want you to know that you're not alone. And prayer is simply the word that we um, use to capture the mysterious act of me saying hello. Me saying to God, I'm here. Me crying out in pain, crying out in despair. Me sitting, no words, but all within me is calling to God. What was it Bowie sang? Pressure pushing down on me. Pressure down on me. Under pressure that, that, that brings a building down, splits a family in two, puts people on the streets. Chipping around, kicking my brains around the floor. There are days it rains. It never rains, but it pours. When pressure hits, you are not alone. God is present. Um, the movie Shadowlands, I don't know if you've seen it or not, retells the story of C.S. Lewis and particularly focuses in on his uh, relationship with his wife, Joy. And uh, Joy was diagnosed with cancer. Um, and the movie bears witness to their pain and their love and their grief and their struggles. And at one point in the story, a friend says uh, to Lewis, Christopher can scoff, Jack, but I know how hard you've been praying. And now God is answering your prayers. 
And Lewis replies, that's not why I pray, Harry. I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me all the time, waking and sleeping. It doesn't change God. It changes me. So maybe we turn to prayer when we're under pressure, not because it's some silver bullet to lift the pressure, but because we share, because we can't help ourselves. And there's a truth in here that rings true. How often have you found a friend that never normally talks of God or things of God will turn to you when they're facing a hard thing and say, will you pray for me? When life is hard, I think we all need something bigger. Perhaps we carry it like a DNA response that needs to share. So can I suggest when you're under pressure, share it. I don't think we were born to live alone. I think there's something within us as humans that pulls us towards others. I think, and I wonder, does it actually flow from something that pulls us towards the divine and the divine towards us? So when I'm under pressure, I don't want to hide, I don't want to pretend, I want to share it. So let's take a moment and think, how do we do this? What are some of our practices of presence? Because prayer can open up a vast array of ways that we can share with God when we're under pressure. If I go back to Daniel, I'm struck with an obvious one is simply that he holds to the rhythms that he has. Um, he has these rhythms of prayer and so he goes, in, goes back to them. And so I wonder, do we have habits that allow us to, that we can return to, furrows that are already there? It says that when Daniel learned that the degree had been published, he went upstairs where the window opened to Jerusalem. Three times a day, he'd got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God just as he'd done before. What practices do you have in your life that might help you pray? What habits do you have that allow you to acknowledge God, to meet with him? What habits could you access when you're under pressure? Whether they are frequent or not, what practices do you know that might help? As I've been reflecting this, I've realized that one of mine is walking my dog. Um, I brought a photograph, any excuse. Um, this is my fabulous dog, Molly. And one of the great things, and there are many about having a dog, is a daily walk. I never really appreciated this rhythm until I got a dog, I guess. Until I got a dog, I, d dog, I didn't need it. And early on, I made the decision that I wouldn't use that time for phone calls or to listen to music or podcasts, but to simply be present. Um, to be present with Molly and present with my surroundings. And it's not like we're fast. Molly loves a wee sniff. If there's a tree, she likes to pee on it. And so it's a very broken walk as we walk along and she'll stop and smell the trees and the grass and the gate and the wind, random brick fence. And so we enjoy this broken rhythm. And I enjoy the space space to walk and notice. And early on in my dog journey, my good friend Linda um, was teaching me all things about dogs, but one of the things that she just mentioned in passing was that she often uses her walks with Poppy, her dog, to pray. And I thought, that's a great idea. And so over the years, this has become my practice too. It's not every time. Sometimes I just enjoy the walking and the noticing. But what I have found, especially when I'm under pressure, that act of walking and sharing my thoughts with God 
and listening for his has become an invaluable practice. Sometimes I take Molly for a walk just so I can walk and talk and think with God. This practice of moving while I share with God has become incredibly helpful. What practice or space do you have in your life that might allow you to meet with God? What practice or space do you have in your life that might be really helpful, particularly when you're under pressure? Another practice of mine is journaling. I have been doing this for years. Um, in fact, I actually have an arrangement that when I die, my best friend Jude is to take all my diaries and destroy them. Um, they are catalogues of crises. Um, I do not want anybody reading them. Um, the early years feature an awful lot of teenage angst over boys. And if I'm honest, so do most of the uni ones as well. Um, but actually, really interesting. So when, when I was turning 40, and I was really wanting to mark that sense of moving into that decade with purpose, I got out all of the diaries I've ever kept, and I read through them. The ones I wrote when I was 14, when I was 24, when I was 34. And yes, they held more words and questions describing crisis and ease. In fact, if you read them, you probably would have thought I was... <laughs> anyway. Um, <clears throat> But as I reflected on them, I realized they were a testimony of a life shared with God. As I wrote my thoughts, they weren't just simply a cathartic release, but they were prayers. And so these diaries were testimony to a God who was present, who jumped into the hole with me, who allowed me to cry, allowed me to question, helped me make sense, and when I couldn't make sense, remained presence. Journaling or keeping a diary or taking time to write allowed me the avenue to give voice to my questions, my worries, my pain. It was deeply intimate and it was a practice that carried me towards God. Even in the last few years of which we've been navigating COVID and isolation and as I've been changing uh, job, this practice of prayer particularly as an extrovert, this practice of journaling has been deeply important. It has helped me to share. Sometimes it helps me make sense, but more than anything, it forces me to be honest. And so alongside our practices of presence, I think we also need honest engagement. Honest engagement. Elijah's story picks up on this. And I think it's one of the themes that Stu actually spoke of when he unpacked lament with us a few weeks ago. Stu spoke of honest, of our need to be honest with God, but also the freedom, the release that creates, especially when we handle the hard things of life. And there was a particular line that um, Stu uh, shared that I just had to write down. And it was, our chief fitness is our utter weakness. Our chief fitness is our utter weakness. Sometimes when we're under pressure, sometimes we try to pretend we are okay to everyone. It's part of our survival mode. Or perhaps some part of the need that we carry that always think things always have to be okay. But as we invite God more and more into our lives, we realize that he can handle our weakness. He can handle our disappointment. He isn't annoyed. He is the father running to meet with us. And Elijah's story underlines this. I don't know Elijah's deep pain 
as he sits under the broom tree and says to God, I have had enough. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. I don't know that deep pain, but I do know that deep, deep tiredness. And I do know those voices that question our worth. In my mid-twenties, I was working for Youth for Christ. I loved it, loved it. But to be fair, I was working far too much. I was working long, long hours. And the work, as much as it was incredibly fun, was intense. And at one stage, I found myself utterly exhausted. About half of my hair fell out. And I would come home from work and I would climb into bed and I would have to sleep for two or three hours before I could do anything. And that continued for several months. For those months, I didn't really do a quiet time or traditional prayer times. I was exhausted. I would climb into bed and I would simply say to God, I love you. And I would start my day with, I love you. And I have to say, I think these are probably some of the holiest times in my life. There were no big prayers of intercession. There was simply an exhausted young woman trying to survive. And how gracious and generous God was to me in that. It was a deeply profound time. It was an incredibly intimate time with God. It also was a real wakening up. I was not, I am not invincible. And I realized if I was serious about ministry, then I needed to look after myself or I wouldn't even last five years, never mind 40. And that's why now I am really passionate about time off, about having a life that energizes us because I want to be at this for a long time. But it was also a deeply profound time in my relationship with God. For my relationship with God was not formulaic. It was a practice of sharing. The practices of prayer, and when we move into a season that we find ourselves in, for me, it was a season of sleeping and survival, and God was present. As I look over my life, I'm just so aware God can handle all that we are. Prayer is not a practice to get constricted about. What was it that Floyd McClung said? Prayer is not something to do, but someone to talk to. It stirs faith in us to believe that when we talk to God, he responds. Will you practice prayer under pressure? Will you allow those practices that you already have, um, whether they're ones you use all the time or they're in your back pocket and you can bring them out um, in those hard times? But more than that, will you simply share, allow God into the pressure, practices that give you space to talk to God? Practices that will allow you to ask questions. Practices that will let you be honest with God. Daniel's practices of praying three times a day created a well-worn pathway that he readily slipped into in times of crisis, in times of thinking. Walking, journaling, these practices have aided me. What do you find helps? What practices do you have in your life that might help? What practices, as you reflect, are ones that you turn to when you're under pressure? Or if if none come to mind, then what ones might be worth establishing? Elijah's relationship with God was deeply honest. He shared it all. How might I, how might you be more honest with God? There's no denying prayer is a mystery. 
I don't think this six-letter word really captures the relationship we have access to. It's a mystery, a way of allowing us to be more open with God. It opens us up to his presence. And I think his presence is more life-changing than a get-out-of-jail-free card ever could be. And I don't say that glibly. In fact, it's been my heart to not peddle you any platitudes this morning, but to get us thinking, how do we respond to pressure and where is God? Will you practice prayer when you're under pressure? Will you allow the practices that you have to be furrows that you can skip into in those hard times? But more than that, will you simply share? Allow God to be present. Practices that will give you space to talk to God. Practices that will allow you to ask questions. Practices that will let you be honest with God. And when under pressure, I think prayer can be really redemptive and restorative. I don't think it is typical that we wake up one day and think, I don't want God anymore. I think uh, rather often life happens. After several small, seemingly inconsequential decisions, we wake up and realize that we're far from God. And sometimes hurt has been the trigger, or we're disillusioned, or life has just got so busy that it's like we've packed God up and put him in the attic. And it's easy to think I'm too far or I have too many questions, but this is where prayer opens up a portal to meet God and allows us to speak with him and be with him, to sit in silence or to share many words. Prayer is never used up. You don't have some quota or some number of allotted prayer slots in your life that run out. And so pray. Honest engagement and a re-engaging with the practices of prayer. Allow that re-engagement because God wants to be present in your life. When you are under pressure, know that God is near. As I said at the start, often when we face pressure, our default is to turn to God like a slot machine or as some holy therapist for some post-match analysis or maybe we just ignore. I wonder instead, might we push in to the power of his presence, the God who is with us, and let his presence feed you, heal you. May you know that God is with you.